0: Sira, A Biography of Muhammad, The Last Messenger of Allah Written by Prof. Dr. Safwat Khalilovich Chapter 13 Prophet Muhammad's Childhood Muhammad's father, Abdullah, died before his son was born. It happened during the return from one trip to Al-Sham. On his way back, he stopped for a rest in Medina where his maternal uncle lived. There he fell ill and could not continue the journey with his caravan. When the caravan reached Mecca, sent his eldest son Harith to Medina to help Abdullah return home. Upon arriving in Medina, however, Harith learned that Abdullah had died and that he had been buried in Medina. Harith returned to Mecca, to Inform his father and Abdullah's wife Aminah about the sad event. Aminah was pregnant at that time, and about two months later she gave birth to Mohammed. Peace be upon him. Everything Abdullah left behind was five camels, a small flock of sheep, and an Abyssinian female slave Baraka, nicknamed Um Amen, who raised the prophet Peace be upon him. According to biographers, in the care of wet nurse Halima of the Ben tribe. At the time when Mohammed, peace be upon him, was born, it was a custom of prominent Arab families to send their sons to the desert to be cared for by wet nurses and to spend part of the childhood with the Bedouin tribe. It was done for several reasons. The infant mortality rate was for lower in the desert than in the cities where all sorts of epidemics often raged. The fresh desert air was agreeable to children's bodies, but was also beneficial for their souls. In the desert, the children could learn the pure Arabic language more easily since urban areas had some contacts with foreign peoples and cultures which brought about certain changes to the language. Arabs considered it tremendously important to know their language well, because a man's worth was largely assessed by his eloquence, and the crown of eloquence was a poetry. To have a poet in the family was indeed something to be proud of, were nearly always from one or another of the desert tribes. For it was in the desert, that the spoken language was nearest to poetry. These were the main reasons why prominent Arab families sent their children to spend their early childhood in the desert. Mecca, as the center and holy place of the pre-Islamic Arabs, was not an exception, particularly since it was frequently plagued by epidemics which resulted in a high rate infant mortality. That is why the Meccans sent their children into the desert so that in the desert's fresh air they would strengthen their bodies and souls and learn the pure Arabic language. The desert also provided an excellent opportunity for children to learn to ride at an early age. Some of the desert tribes had a high reputation with the Arabs for nursing and rearing children, and amongst these were the ben ibn Bakr, whose territory lay to the southeast of Mecca. The Prophet's mother Amina was in favor of entrusting her son to the care of a woman of his tribe. In his era, the famous historian and biographer Ibn Hisham quoted Halima, a wet nurse from the tribe of ben At the time when Muhammad was born, she set off with her husband Harith to Mecca, to find a newborn to nurse from some respectable and wealthy Quraysh family. It was a year of drought, she said, and we had nothing left. I set forth on a grey ass, and we had with us an old camel. That night we were kept awake all night by our son, who was wailing out of hunger, for I had not enough in my breasts to feed him, nor could the camel yield a drop of milk. We just waited for a cloud and rain to bring relief. I rode the ass, and I was so weary of the ride, as we were so weak and exhausted that we barely made it. Thus, looking for nurse-elings, we arrived in Mecca. Each of us was offered Mohammed peace be upon him, but each turned him down upon hearing that he was an orphan. We hoped for some favor from a nurse father, And we thought, what will his mother and his grandfather be able to do for us? That is why we did not want him. However, all women but me had already taken one nursling each, and when we were preparing to return, I told my husband, By God, I do not want to be the only one who'll return without a baby to suckle. I shall go to that orphan and take him, as you will, he said. Perhaps Allah will bless us in him. So I went and took him. Halimah continued, For no reason save that I could find nobody else. But when I carried him to my mount and put him in my bosom, then my breasts overflowed with milk for him. He drank his fill, and with him his foster brother drank likewise his fill. Then they both slept, although the night before we had not had any sleep because of our son. My husband then went to our old Shikamo and suddenly found out that her udder was full. He milked her and we drank our fill and were no longer hungry or thirsty. We spent a wonderful night and in the morning my husband said to me, By God, Halima, it is a blessed creature that you have taken. The biographies read that God's blessing followed the Prophet peace be upon him wherever he went. On their return from Mecca to the Banu sa territory, Halimah and Harith, fellow companions, were taken by surprise. The us that Halimah rode was so quick that nobody could keep pace with it. Halima's friends said, You daughter of Abu Dwaib, wait for us. Is that the same as that you came on? Yes, the very same, replied Halima. When they arrived in the ben country, a barren land with hardly any grazing grass, Halima and her husband noticed that after they had brought the blessed infant, their flock came every evening replete and full of milk. They milked the flock and drank the milk whilst their neighbors' animals, others' were dry. The flock's owners would tell their shepherds, Good grief, go graze your flocks where Halima's shepherd graze his. Yet still their flocks were hungry, yielding no milk, while Halima and her family had plenty, and even more than they needed for the whole two years that Muhammad, peace be upon him, spent with them as an infant. The Prophet, peace be upon him, grew fast in the pure desert air. By the time he was two years old, he was a wealth-built child and spoke Arabic fluently. Halima then weaned him and took him to his mother Amina in Mecca, although she was eager to have him stay with them for the prosperity and blessings he brought to them. So she tried to persuade Amina to leave Muhammad with them for some time until he grew stronger as Mecca was frequently struck by epidemics. Amina agreed. So Muhammad returned with his foster mother to the desert where he spent about two more years. In that period he became stronger and learned the Arabic language. When he turned 4, one event made Halima and her husband Harith hastily returned the blessed child to his mother. One day, while Muhammad peace be upon him, was with lamps behind the tent, Kalimah's son, the prophet's brother in nursing, came running and sat scared. That Qurayshite brother of mine, two men clothed in white, have taken him and have laid him down and opened his chest, and they are steering it with their hands. Helima and Harith rushed to Muhammad Bisby upon him and found him standing, but his face was very pale. They asked him what had happened, and he said Two men clothed in white came to me and led me down, and opened my chest, and searched it for I know not what. As an adult, the Prophet Bisby upon him refer to this event in more detail. Two men clothed in white were actually two angels, Gabriel and Michael, and they took out of his chest the sentence part and malevolence that human beings may possess. That event is recorded in almost every seerah and in the relevant hadith collections, such as Muslims Sahih and Abu Yala's Musnad. It was also recorded by other hadith authorities, like Imams Abu Noim and ibn Asakir. The opening of the prophet's chest happened two more times before the receiving of the revelation and during the Isra and Miraj, Certain authors tried to deny that event, calling into question the authenticity of the relevant tradition or trying to prove that the Prophet's life was free of anything irrational and mysterious. We consider that this event had happened indeed, as it was transmitted through the authentic tradition in the relevant hadith literature, and it constitutes one of the Miracle's supernatural acts of the Prophet peace be upon him. In his biography of the Prophet Dr. Muhammad Abu Shehbeh, offered very sound and corroborated answers to those who have dilemmas about this event. After this event Khalima and Harith, fearing for the life of the child in their care, rushed to Mecca and returned Muhammad to his mother Amina. That marked the beginning of a new phase of the Prophet's childhood. It should be noted that the time the Prophet, peace be upon him, spent in the desert had a lasting influence on him. And Halima and her people remained the object of his love and admiration all of his life. When Halima came to visit him following his marriage to Khatija, it was a period of drought and she went back home with a camel loaded with water and forty heads of cattle. Whenever Halima visited Muhammad, he stretched out his mantle for her to sit on out of respect. When Shema, Halima's daughter and the Prophet's sister in nursing, was taken captive by the Muslim forces together with members of the Banu Hawazin tribe, after the siege of Taif, the Prophet released her and sent her back to her people, and she wished.